So the difference for me between being and getting organized is all the work that goes on in between. How do things come into your house? How do you shop? Why are you shopping? What things light you up? What things can't you stand? Why do you have stuff in your house that's broken? Why are we holding on to stuff that doesn't work or doesn't fit or we don't need? Like there's so much more behind the becoming organized and maintaining an organized lifestyle that really at the end of the day, it's all about your values. And if you don't know what your values are, I would say that's the number one step is to figure out how you as a human being in this lifetime want to live your life. Because if you desire to be organized, you have to know what's important to you. Hey, it's Emily here. You know that uniqueness you have? I call it the it factor. We all have it, but some of us either really need to identify it or start to empower it. This show is all about giving you the lessons, tools, and principles I've learned after building a nine-figure sales organization, training leaders around the globe, and working alongside of some of the most influential people in this world. So now it's time to de-plug from your outside world and plug into your new world here. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, everyone. I am joined here today by someone very special. I actually met her while I was living in Santa Monica about five years ago, and I am so excited for you to meet Lily Pettit, the owner of Clutter Healing, because she has changed my life. And I don't even think she realizes that. When I met her five years ago, I was living in a state of chaos when it comes to clothes, when it comes to organization, when it comes to house organization. And this woman is changing the game. I'm obsessed with following her on Instagram. And not only because she's an intuitive expert organizer, and she, you know, makes me feel really good when I see the way she organizes a cabinet or anything like that. She's so much deeper than that. She really is. She helps people understand um, the spiritual side of things. She has done breath work. She's a healer and she's a mother. And so she takes this holistic approach. You are going to have just a joy today, learning. And my hope, my prayer is that after this show, this episode, that you want to go get to work. Uh, you want to really make a lifestyle change that she's helped me make. So Lily, hello. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. So good to see you again. Thank you for being here. And I wanted to, you know, share with you and, and everyone and thank you because I really don't think you know that you were the start of me getting organized. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have seen you, you know, on Instagram posting things about your closet or that you got really excited to organize certain things in your house. So I'm happy to have that influence over you. <laughs> yeah, you totally got it. Oh my gosh. And, you know, like I was sharing with everyone, it was about five years ago uh, when I met you um, and you were doing styling at the time as well as organizing. Can you just share with everyone your background, how you got started in this journey? Sure. I mean, I, I started initially in the organizing space coming from a wardrobe styling background. So it was actually a pretty clear and easy transition for me 
to move from, you know, organizing people's closets and organizing people's outfits to, you know, someone asking me, oh, hey, could you come and organize my closet? So that was really how I got started and how the transition came to be that, you know, people would ask me to organize their closets after I had done a styling session. And I found also that, you know, trying to find stuff in people's closets, because sometimes they didn't even know that they had really great pieces in their wardrobe that I could use. And they thought, oh, no, I need a new this or I need a new that. And then I would discover, well, you actually don't need it because you have it. It's just difficult to navigate, you know, putting together outfits that are really great when you don't know what you have in your closet. Uh, so, you know, I've been organizing oh. people's things since I was very, very young. I mean, I was the girl who... My, I'm an only child, so my parents would, you know, have people over and we'd go over to someone's house for dinner and I'd be the girl finding out, you know, seeking out the junk drawer to take everything out and redo it and organize it. And, you know, I'd always rearrange my furniture, and re, you know, refold my clothes. So it's just something that very naturally comes to me and I've been doing it my whole life. But the real, you know, changing point or the big point of, you know, where I decided to pursue this as a career was me leaving the wardrobe styling profession because for me it started to feel a little toxic and this was this was years before the body positivity movement came to be so i decided uh -huh. to sort of step out of that world and take a huge risk <laughs> to start my own company um and that is how clutter healing was born many many moons ago i think you were the last person i ever did any wardrobe styling services for yeah wow that's amazing. Yeah, you you did some wardrobe and then you also came in and like literally helped me organize it. And mm -hmm. yeah, wow. Incredible. Well, you know, there's so many people that know you're on the show today and there's so many questions coming in. Mm -hmm. um, but what I want to first ask you is, you know, what is the difference? You know, you talk about being versus getting organized. What is can you expand on that? Sure. I mean, it's it's definitely a core value, a, like a core belief of mine that, you know, I think in this sort of fast food culture that we live in where like we want everything fast, we want everything to happen like overnight. We want the magic pill. We want the magic bullet. We want the thing that's going to, you know, transform us and change our lives. The, the words that we use are really important as you know, as you teach, right? You know, the, the things that we say and the things that we speak out loud into the universe, they're really important. So when you say, I'm going to go out and get organized, <laughs> to me, that sounds to me like you're going somewhere to get this thing that's going to come into your house and somehow magically make you organized. And that is mm -hmm. not how this works. <laughs> when you see stuff on Instagram, like, you know, me and my team transforming this huge, you know, 2000 square foot closet, you also have to take into consideration, there's generally five or six of us. There's me plus maybe four people. We're sorting, yep. we're editing, we're color coding, we're letting go of stuff, we're researching the products, we're taking the measurements, we're doing all the things Then I'm teaching, hey, this is where your socks make the most sense next to your workout clothes, next to this, da, da, da. And I think people want this very simple approach to just become organized overnight. So the mm -hmm. difference for me between being and getting organized is all the work that goes on in between. How do yeah. things come into your house? How do you shop? Why are you shopping? 
What things light you up? What things can't you stand? Why do you have stuff in your house that's broken? Why are we holding on to stuff that doesn't work or doesn't fit or we don't need? Like there's so much more behind the becoming organized and maintaining an organized lifestyle that really Mm. at the end of the day, it's all about your values. And if you don't know what your values are, I would say that's the number one step is to figure out how you as a human being in this lifetime want to live your life. Because if you desire to be organized, you have to know what's important to you. And if it's important for you to have 50 water bottles, awesome. If that lights you up and makes you happy, then by all means, do that. But I don't know a lot of people (laughs) who open a cabinet or pull out a drawer and they look in there and they can't find the lid and where's the straw and this is broken and this, you know. That doesn't generally make people that satisfied or that happy. Maybe in the moment of buying the new one that says the fun mantra or the inspirational quote or whatever, like that moment is good, but we have to look at it from the long term, like the sustainable Mm -hmm. sustainability aspect of just like exercising, just like taking care of your body. What do you eat? Your mind? How are you taking care of your mind? Are you doing your gratitude list? Are you praying? Like, I mean, I could go on and on about all of this, but it's the same thing. We don't get organized overnight. We become organized over a series of probably tiny micro decisions that we make every single day that then add up to this enormous impact of literally changing our life. Oof, so good. It's a lifestyle change. 100%. Oh my gosh. It's it, it absolutely is. And, and, and I love that you were talking about, you know, working out, you don't just go to yoga once and, you, and you're flexible. And now, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. And it, it's a true decision. I remember making that real switch and decision. And I was actually studying vibration and frequency. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we always talk about living at a high frequency. Well, actually when you're living in chaos, when your closet is chaos, when you have junk everywhere, you feel a lower vibration because it's chaotic. And so actually when you're organized and there's a reason why you go into a showroom or restoration hardware and you're like, oh, because there's not crap everywhere. You or know? a hotel room. Everyone says, I just want my house to feel zen. I want it to feel like, you know, when I'm on a, well, if you want your house to look like a hotel room, think about what's in a hotel room. Not a lot of stuff, very minimal decor, perfectly made bed, maybe a desk, a chair, a cat, you know, it's a suite, a couch. I mean, it's all oriented probably toward a really beautiful view of something, but the body and brain can only take in so much visual Mm. information, right? Yeah. So if you're looking at a super cluttered space, you literally are sending your, your visual sense into overwhelm and overdrive. And then all the other senses physiologically have to work harder to just keep taking in all of this stuff. So the pile of papers on the desk and the mugs and the this and the da 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 da. So it makes it actually harder to be positive and be in this happier, high vibration state, as people refer to it, because you're literally overwhelming all the senses when you're surrounded by many, many things. Overwhelming the senses. This makes so much sense. So let's switch gears a little bit. Let's say, let's say someone's listening and they're like, oh my God, these women, um, and they're living in that chaos. What is the first thing you do with a client? I know you have virtual clients, you have in-person clients in LA. 
what do you do with someone? Generally ask them to set an intention of how they would like the space to feel and what function do they want it to serve? Because there's no point in organizing anything in your house unless you kind of have this roadmap, right? So if you just, if you say, oh, I just want it to be organized, but why? Because you want to have more free time to spend with your kids or to do work on a passion project or to work out because you don't want to be spending 15, 20 minutes looking for your keys and your purse and the the shoe that matches the other shoe. Like why, why really? You, You have to get to your why. Why is this important at this time in your life? Do you want to have less chaos every morning? You want to be able to get out the door on time. Do you, you know, want to save money for a big vacation that you've been wanting to go on, but you keep buying batteries because you can't find the batteries. And so now your Amazon bill has racked up, you know, exponentially because you keep purchasing the same thing over and over again. So always number one is why, why are you doing this? Why do you desire to do it at this time? What's sort of the goal or the outcome, your intention And then in an ideal scene, how would the space function? Is it a room, you know, sometimes we do rooms where it's someone's office, but then it's also a teen hangout space and it's a storage, you know, what, what do you visualize having going on in this space so that we can help set it up or I can help you set it up in a way that works and functions the way that you live and not the way that everybody else lives, because what works for one person doesn't necessarily work for another person. That's also something We've really got to like, Instagram is great for inspiration, but we really got to like set that aside and not focus so much on my pantry has to look like an Instagram picture in Uh order for me to be a good person, because that's also causing a lot of upset, I think, in people's lives. Exactly. Okay, Lily, now someone is ready to get started. They're like, what do I do? Should I do my whole house this weekend? Should I do my crazy garage this weekend? Like, what is the first step when you're working with a client on getting them started? So the first step in any organization project is to get really clear on why you're doing it. So some might call that setting an attention. Some might say, let's set a, you know, set a goal. So it's two parts, actually. What is your intention? Why are you doing this at this time in your life? Is it because, you know, you want to have more free time available to spend with your kids or to work on a passion project you've been wanting to have more space for? So a lot of times we get into organizing projects because, you know, we just we see something on Instagram or the Internet or Pinterest, whatever, and we want our space to look a certain way, which is great. And that's a great inspiration. But in the heart of it, at the core of it, you've really got to know why you desire to do it at this point particular point in your life. And then the second part of that is how do you want the space to function? So the bigger, you know, the bigger sort of core question is always why, why do you want this? What do you want to change? Why is this important to you? Right. And it's, it's generally something like, I don't want to keep, you know, wasting money on the same item that I buy over and over again because I can't find the batteries. And then I've now spent, you know, $100 buying batteries this month because I couldn't find them when I needed them. Or I'm always late for appointments and I don't want people to think that I'm unreliable, but I'm always late for an appointment because I can't find my keys. Or, you know, I really want to write this book or I want to write this online course or I want to do this thing, but I can't seem to find the time and space to be creative because my spaces are always overwhelming me. 
So there's generally something bigger, deeper, right? Like an old wound, an experience that you had that maybe got you or your home into a place that it's in now. There's usually something deeper and bigger that will motivate someone at a particular time. And I like to try to get to that place. And then secondarily, more of sort of the tactile piece of it, you know, the more practical pieces will how do you need to use the space? Is it an office space and a slash, slash, slash? I mean, I just did a converted garage, but it was also storage because there's no, there was no longer a garage, right? So we had to put in cabinets to give her storage for all the holiday stuff. But then it was also, or it is also rather, I should say her husband's office during the day when their son is at school. But then on the weekends, it's going to be the video game hangout spot and there's a couch and a TV and sort of a library and other, and all the games and everything are in there. So sometimes we have to get really clear on what do we want to do in this space? How do we see ourselves using it? What do we need? And then we can set up the systems around the needs. And sometimes I have to tell people, no, it can't be all those things. Mm, (laughs) It's not going to work to have it be all those things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes so much sense. And when you're talking about the guy using the office and the garage, I mean, I feel like, you know, with the great resonation, more and more people are working from home Mm -hmm. or they've totally switched up how they do things. So I'm sure you see that a lot of like the functionality is so important for people. Yeah. And I think during the time of, you know, lockdown and people really getting honest with themselves about, oh, I see all these places where I've been maybe holding on to things or collecting or or not really giving my home mm-hmm. as much love as it needs and deserves to function in the most optimal way. So I think that's also come to mind even more, mm-hmm. has been brought to the forefront even more now because we do, you know, a lot of people, as you said, are, you know, maybe they're doing a 50-50 thing where they're half in an office and half at home. I think a lot of businesses really have changed the way that they have done things yeah. in traditional work uh, models. So we're at home a lot more. And now house, you know, our home is the gym. It's the meditation studio. It's the place we eat. It's the place we hang out. <laughs> we're in it a lot. Um, so I think people are really wanting yep. it to feel good and feel the best that it can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, something you say a lot is being organized is a lifestyle choice, which I completely agree And, you know, we see this and I've seen this with family members, friends, even before I completely made a lifestyle change. This was me where it was like I spent a lot of time redoing a room and and getting everything out. And then I just didn't maintain it. Right. Mm -hmm. What are your tips for maintaining a great space? Yeah, I mean, I see this a lot. I mean, this is this is also why I have a refresh package where, you know, a lot of my clients, we set up and we do the whole big thing. And then we come back every quarter to kind of put things back to, you know, integrate new things that have come in, help them let go of things that, are, you know, they're ready to let go of. Or, you know, if children have grown out of certain sizes of clothes or, you know, the books or the games or and all those things are no longer age appropriate. We do we do that a lot for my roster of clients. But Um, You know, if you're not working with an organizer on a regular basis, what I would say is the first and foremost, you know, there is no magic fairy in most people's lives that is going to come and pick up and clean up and put stuff away. So 
you have to, have to, have to schedule it into your life, that maintenance time, because no one else is going to do it for you, most likely, unless, you know, you have the luxury of having a staff or you have, you know, your your kids involved or your partner involved or your roommates involved or whomever you might share space with. Um, I think it's really important that you have some kind of routine, whether it's every Sunday we spend an hour putting things back where they belong, or if you have the capacity every day doing a little bit in the morning or at night before you go to bed, but really just weaving it into your schedule. And then it just becomes ritual. It just becomes habit. It becomes something that you just do because it feels really good. And, you know, speaking from an energetic standpoint, like what you give generally is what you get out of something, right? So if you're ignoring your house and you're just creating and leaving piles everywhere, it's like a two-way street. So you're probably going to feel the weight of those things piling up, whether you're, you know, conscious of it or not. It definitely, it, it does still weigh on you unconsciously. Um, the second part is, you know, Absolutely. if if this is not something, if organizing or tidying and picking up whatever word we want to call it is not your jam, it's not your thing, there are options. You know, you can hire people to help you and you can also ask a friend to be your accountability buddy. Like maybe it's you and a friend. You decide, OK, every Sunday we're going to do an hour. We're going to either text each other at the beginning and the end of our sessions or we're going to do it together on you know, Zoom or whatever it might be. Sometimes we just need to have somebody either physically with us or just kind of mentally with us to help hold us accountable. Mm. Um, And having that person to check in with, hey, did you do the thing? Yeah, I did the thing. Did you do the thing? No, not yet. Okay, well, text me when you do the thing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I also... Show me your closet. I'll show you my... Exactly. Um. And just another little tip would be, you know, try to make it as fun as humanly possible. I talk a lot about habit stacking because we're all busy. We're all overwhelmed. We all have so much going on. And two things, habit stacking is really great. So for example, you're going to do your dishes, right? Or you're going to clean out your closet. You're going to fold your laundry. So put on a podcast, put on music that you love, do something that fills you up at the same time of, you know, doing the quote unquote adulting thing, (laughs) you might not necessarily want to do it, but if you can kind of give yourself a treat or a reward or kind of be doing two things at the same time that really, you know, nourish you, I always recommend like doing, weaving some kind of fun into it is going to make it more sustainable. If you're just telling yourself this is not going to be fun and it's boring. I don't like doing this. Well, you know, we build, we build more of that. Like what we focus on is what generally grows and what we give energy to um, grows, but try to weave some kind of fun into it. Something that feels good to you. Um, Mm. That's what makes it long lasting. Yeah, absolutely. I I do that. I listen to podcasts while I'm, doing the laundry, organizing, or even if I'm like, oh, okay, I need to call my friend. I need to call my mom. I'll literally put on my earbuds and go like roll my shirts Mm -hmm. in my closet. Mm -hmm. Exactly. (laughs) And I'm like, it's so awesome. I'm like, oh my gosh, I love it. Um, Speaking of the closet. So, so many people have asked like, 
how do you organize a closet? How do you know what to keep? How do you know, you know, what if you're going to wear this when you lose 10 pounds, you know, all the things, do you have a method behind the madness when it comes to, you know, organizing your closet? I mean, in terms of what to keep and what to let go of, I think it's such a personal decision and I don't have any sort of tried and true, this is the way that you, you know, must do it kind of thing. I will say from, you know, just having gone up and down different sizes in, in my own personal life, um, I, I am one of those people that, you know, generally have kept you know, a handful of things in a bin, in a closet, in another space to go back to when the time is right. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I might revisit, you know, in six months or a year, do I really like this? Do I really feel good when I wear it? It is something that, you know, I feel like deserves the real estate in my home. There's that other trick that I know some, some organizers have posted about or, or some people do. It's, been on Pinterest for a long time where you put all the hangers one direction, like the hook on the bar in one direction. And then as you wear things, you turn the hook around. So when you hang it back up, you turn the hook the opposite direction. And then it sort of gives you a visual cue of, oh, all the things that have the hooks, you know, this one direction are the things that I'm consistently wearing. And all the other things haven't been touched, haven't been worn. And then you can kind of ask yourself the deeper questions because we're usually, when we're not using something, I believe that it's not being given its purpose. Like it's not being given its life, its purpose. Mm. Our things want to be used. They want to have a purpose just like we do as humans, you know, even though there are these inanimate objects like clothes or shoes or bags or whatever, they do want to be used and they, they want to fulfill their purpose. So if you're looking in your closet and there's a bunch of bags and shoes and belts and things that have dust all over them, I mean, are they really that important? Because if they were really that important, you probably wouldn't have let the dust build up on them or you would have cared for them or taken care of them in a different way. Um, People will say, oh, but it's sentimental. It means something to me. You know, I had this experience in it when I wore it. And then I would, I might offer, okay, well, you can take a picture of it and you can create a photo album that's like, you know, sentimental items from my home that I've gotten rid of over the years or whatever, you know, works for you. So sometimes people like to have the digital memory and that makes them wow. feel better about letting go of things. I also think it's very powerful if you can give away items to people that you know will use them and need them. It's a really, really powerful exercise. That especially if you can connect with a local charity or community that really needs your things. Like I've been giving a lot of stuff to a woman that works with kids in foster care and they are so excited to get something like a backpack or, you know, a new sweatshirt or, you know, something like that. So connecting with communities that are special and important to you is another way I feel that a lot of people are able to let go more easily I mean, there's so many now. I mean, I even know this organization called Cancer Cartel, and they sell things on the real real. They have a partnership with the real real, and the proceeds and profits from those items that are sold actually go to help breast cancer patients pay for things such as, you know, 
meal delivery or their mortgage if they can't work and pay their mortgage. I mean, it's there's so many ways that our things can benefit others that mm. holding on to stuff just for the sake of holding on to it, um, I don't really feel like benefits us <laughs> in a world yeah. in a world that's so like starving and hungry for connection and support. Like we're all, yep. you know, dying for this <laughs> to support yeah. one another and 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 100%. have a bigger, greater community feeling in our lives. Um, and it's just one yeah. of the ways that I think we can really do better by not Absolutely. keeping so much for ourselves. Yeah, you are spot on, sister. And it feels so good mm-hmm. to give to people who need it. I know I was raised by a single mom mm. and we didn't have a lot. And I was the the baby of three. And so I had, you know, hand-me-down mm-hmm. clothes. But whenever um, we had a, a family friend that they just were, you know, they were wealthy and they would bring over these huge bags of clothes for us girls because mm-hmm. they, a, a, they had girls that were a couple of years ahead of us me and my sister and it was like christmas getting those bags because those clothes were so awesome you know and i know that that deeply impacted my mom when she was trying to put food on the table for all of us by herself and uh yeah it's it's just so awesome to to be able to give and um gosh i love it so good um what do you think you know i'm sure through the years of clients and all the work you know do you think there's i mean when you talk about healing and and clearing a space you know what how deep do you think that is how much do you think it matters do you think you know like i have a friend that just went through a divorce and i was telling her i'm like you got to like you know, change things up. You guys lived in this house for 10 years together. You know, how important do you think all that is? Well, as a person who is extremely sensitive to energy, especially in spaces, (laughs) um, and I also moved in with someone who had been married and lived in the house that we live in, you know, with his wife. So Mm. to me, it was very important. I mean, down to, you know, you know, especially the mattress that we had or even the glass jars that were in the pantry. I mean, I felt it was very important to, you know, really let go of anything that was part of that partnership and start fresh with, you know, us creating a life that really revolves around things that we are getting, you know, we are purchasing or inheriting, you know, using together and having a different energetic vibe in our house. And I, and I've, always recommend that. I mean, I've worked with a client who sounds like a similar situation to your friend, but I mean, we got rid of everything. I mean, every piece of furniture has been replaced. She was living in the house with her fiance, I think for uh, several years, but I mean, we, we redid the baseboards. We repainted the whole house. I mean, we redid everything. And I mean, I walked into that house and it was dark and sad and it just Uh, felt very I don't want to an eerie isn't the right word but it just felt sad it didn't feel like a place that you would want to spend a lot of time in and you know over Uh I don't know it was about an eight-month process 
you know, now, now I walk in that house and it just has a totally different energy. I mean, there's plants everywhere. There's beautiful images of the ocean. I think it deeply affects how we feel when we're in a space that has, you know, reminders of things that don't feel good to us or we live in a space that's overly cluttered or overly full. And I think relationships yeah. and letting go of relationships yeah. and even doing some kinds of, you know, rituals around those things that you let go of from that particular time yeah. are really, really, really important. Oh, so good. So, so mm-hmm. good. What type of rituals would you suggest? I mean, so I do a lot of smoke clearing in our house and, you know, in clients' houses yeah. that request it. it. I think on that note, just to be very clear, you know, I'm working with plants and different incense and different things that come from conscious companies. And I, I grow my own sage and use rosemary from my my own house. And I think it's really important that whatever you're using to do any kind of smoke clearing rituals with, just, you know, knowing where it comes from is very, very important. Um and who you're getting it from mm. and how it was grown. Because all of these things that we use and we bring into our home, they all carry an energetic frequency, right? So if you're purchasing something from, let's say, the 99 cent store that was made in a sweatshop, I mean, that energetic thread yeah. that trickles down into your space. So if you're buying, for example, white sage in a bundle at Whole Foods or somewhere. I mean, I don't know. I mean, wherever you're getting it from, right? I mean, I would be very leery and very curious about how it was made, how it was harvested. If you're just burning something that was taken from a plant that was harvested too soon, which a lot of sage bundles are made that way, it'll be moldy actually in the middle because Mm -hmm. when the plant is harvested too early, it'll still be a little too wet and then they bundle it up and it might be a little moldy in the middle. So then you're burning a moldy sage bundle <laughs> and that's not, you know, the most energetically or like health, you know, even from a health perspective. Um, but smoke clearing rituals, I say, are really great. I always say, you know, walking around your property, you know, thanking the earth that it mm. that it's on the foundation, that it's strong, that it holds your house yeah. up. I mean, there's, you know, even doing something as simple as when you walk in the front door saying thank you to your house. I mean, I know a lot of people know who Marie Kondo mm-hmm. is and the magic of tidying up and her practices, but, and she thanks a home, you know, before she gets started in her, her tidying with clients and things, but it's, 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 it's definite, it's no different than, you know, saying thank you to your food before a meal, which I do often because getting right. food onto our table, there is a lot of steps <laughs> that go from, the food yes. being grown, the farmers that pick it, the, you know, going into a grocery store, or farmer's market or wherever you get it from. There are many, many steps that go from, you know, seed to table. And it's the same thing with our houses. If you give your home a little bit of love by saying thank you, you know, thank you for giving me the safe place to sleep at night. Thank you for having my refrigerator run so that everything in it doesn't spoil. You know, yep. thank you for allowing my pipes to be clear so I don't have a nasty backup in my shower or my toilet or whatever it might be. Um, it's again just those mm-hmm. little things, the little the little acknowledgments of, you know, and even sweeping. You know, sweeping your house, sweeping things yeah. out the back door, sweeping things away. Um is another another big one. Sweeping off your front porch. 
just making it very clear of like who's coming in and what's going out because <laughs> people also yeah. leave stuff in your yeah. house, right? You all know what you're talking, what I'm talking about when they you have do. house guests or you have family that comes and yeah. we love them. But after three uh-huh. days, you know, time to go. <laughs> yep. T- time, time to go. Oh my gosh. I love it. How, how often do you think it's smart to like rearrange furniture or do you think it's just an intuitive thing? Um, I think it's an an intuitive thing. I think that, you know, if you're looking for a way to kind of change up your space or have it feel different, um, I I do think that doing projects like that where you're rearranging furniture is, is better and probably more sustainable, um, in terms of finding the idea or finding better placement for something is probably a good thing to do in the spring, Um, just because you kind of probably want something different after you've been doing a little more, you know, nesting or being at home during the winter, darker times of the year. So the springtime, which we still have a few more, few more days of, (laughs) I think the summer solstice is on the 21st, I want to say. Um, so technically we're still in spring for a couple more days, but usually we sort of have these bursts of, you know, more energy, more creativity, wanting things to feel different or be different as we approach spring. So I, I always recommend that you do it around that time frame, like within that quarter, um, and decluttering mm-hmm. in like bigger, bigger projects of decluttering your garage or attic or those sorts of bigger projects that take a bit longer. I recommend doing those in the summer just because you'll have longer days, more hours, um, and the heat of the summer mm-hmm. usually kind of pushes you a little bit more. Um, yes. <laughs> Yeah, you're you're saying all this stuff, and now I'm like, this makes so much sense, and I, <laughs> it's so good, so good. Oh, there was a question that came in, and from someone who I know lives in LA, and they said, "How do you organize when you have almost no storage space? Hmm. Have less stuff." There you go. <laughs> I mean, I'm saying it sort of facetiously, yeah. but I am being serious. I, I mean, so we have yeah. two options. You either have less stuff or you get creative and really think about vertical space. I think that that is something that a lot of people don't take into consideration. You can put shelves up really high. Mm. You can put, you know, I live in a really small house. Our house is only about 1,300 square feet. So we've had to get really creative with, you know, where does our holiday stuff go? Where do we put our camping and backpacking stuff? We don't really use it often. You know, these are all things we use seasonally. Um, And it also depends on, do you live in a condo? Do you live in an apartment? Can you drill things into the wall? Can you not? Um, there's so many creative ways nowadays I find with, you know, being able to use that vertical space, whether it's shelving cabinetry that you can mount on the wall. Um, there's even, you know, there's beds now that have drawers underneath them. There's just so many different ways that we can, there's so many interesting storage furniture, so much interesting storage furniture now too, that there wasn't in the past. I think also with the, you know, the rise in minimalism and people being more, interested in living a very streamlined minimalist life and just living with less and you can also a concept that I think has been really lost now that we don't live in communities and we don't live in you know 
little communal pods, so to speak. I mean, a, a bit of that was brought back during the pandemic, obviously, but don't be afraid to ask someone if you can borrow something. Like you don't necessarily always have to go yes. and get the thing for yourself and have to store it and keep it and maintain it, right? So much energy goes into just maintaining your stuff. So it's so true. If you don't think that the thing you're about to purchase is something you're going to use on the daily, maybe just see about borrowing it. I mean, there's so many communities mm -hmm. now, like Buy Nothing on Facebook is a huge borrowing and gifting community where, you know, people share things all the time. Hey, can I borrow your Halloween costume? Because I don't really want to buy a new one. And I know you have some and I won't want to be the same thing next year. So I'll borrow yours. Right. You can borrow mine. But we've really gotten away from that as a society, you know, here in the United States. I'll just speak to that is that we all have to have, yeah. you know, the one with the most toys wins kind of thing. Like we think we have to have all of, yeah. of the things like we used to live in communities where, you know, not everybody had a shovel and an axe and a saw and all of that. We borrowed it from each other. Yeah, this is so neat. What is it called on Facebook? It's called what? Buy Nothing. Buy nothing. There's a okay. book this written about it as well. Um, and it's a gifting economy, a gifting community. And I give away stuff on it all the time, you know, especially kids stuff. Like you're saying, you know, your your mom's friend would come over and give you and your sisters all the clothes. I mean, I've given away so many. I mean, I gave away Olivia's diaper pail to someone. And, so, and it was funny because no. a client gave that to me. And same with my strollers. A client gave me her strollers and then I got to pass them on to another mama because there's all these things that, you know, when you have kids, you don't use them for very long. Right. And, right. you know, I've I've always been very savvy in terms of like, I have no, we went thrifting over the weekend. Olivia got these amazing Etch-a-Sketch kind of things for a dollar, brand new in the box. I love it. Like, I just don't feel like we necessarily need to always go and consume the brand new things. And I'm not saying don't buy nice things and have nice things. 100% have them. But I do believe that there's so much already available in the world mm -hmm. that we kind of overlook or we don't we don't think about because we're so conditioned to go on Amazon and get the deal of the day. <laughs> yeah, you are spot on. You are spot on. And I... And, and people are shocked. Like I tell people like my favorite thing to do when I just want to just, just get lost is go thrifting. Mm -hmm. It's going consignment shopping. People sometimes be like, where'd you get this? Where'd you get that? I'm like, I literally got it at a consignment store. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's such a huge passion. I rarely ever pay full price. I've totally not that listen if i want something and it's an investment piece sure but i i really started this concept especially when i started um, to become an entrepreneur and honestly i could hardly pay my bills but i needed a, a cute blazer i needed to like you know look the part to go do these business meetings and so i would just go to consignment shops and even now today I, you know, every like three months I grab clothes, I make a pile for donation, make a pile for Poshmark. And it's just like rinse and repeat. Mm -hmm. Like you don't need to have brand new stuff. And I love this idea of sharing, even like when I have girlfriends that have events coming up mm -hmm. and they need dresses, it's like, you don't need to go buy another $500 dress. Right. Like this is worn once. Right. Like just at, I think the power of asking is so major and people just forgot to do it. 
Absolutely. And I, and I, you know, it, it's all circular. It all comes back around, you know, you lend something to someone, then 100% they'll lend something to you when you need it. And that's, that's the beauty of the buy nothing group is that it's all based on your zip code. So it really is the people that live the closest to you. It's not, you know, you, you apply to be in a group that's based on your zip code. So you wouldn't, you know, like for logistics speaking, I'm here in the Valley in Los Angeles and Encino, but I wouldn't be in the same group as someone in Santa Monica. That would be too far. And I wouldn't be able to get to know my community, my, my direct community, if I were in a group that was really far away. Plus you generally leave stuff on the porch and people come and pick it up and whatever. So that would be really inconvenient, but (laughs) um, yeah. 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 Asking. This is asking is is huge because what's the worst thing someone could say no i don't have that i don't want you to borrow that okay so move on someone probably has it and will let you borrow it you know yeah yeah absolutely i want to um gosh time is flying i want to wrap up with one last question since i have so many entrepreneurs or i have so many mommies that they're mommies they're working a side hustle people that literally have offices from home. Mm -hmm. What, any tips of like office organization? What what do you got? (laughs) Um, My number one, (laughs) invest in a pair of noise canceling headphones. Like that is my number one piece of advice for any mom entrepreneur working from home because that then becomes your little cocoon, your little bubble. When the headphones are on, mommy's working, don't bother me. And it's a very clear signal. And it also tells your body, okay, when these are on, I'm in work mode. And I think we as humans, we like to have a sign or a signal or something that tells us, okay, we're transitioning to do this thing. And when we're at home, it's so easy to get distracted. It's like, oh, I got to go do that dish or I got to go fold the laundry or you know, I'm looking at this thing that my kid left out and I want to go pick up all the markers and put them away. Or at least this is my, this is my, these are the things that distract me. Um, We intentionally moved our office out into the garage when I very first moved into this house. It's been like seven years now, but um, because initially the, the office space was in what is now the TV room. And I was like, this is never going to work for me because I'm just going to constantly want to go into the house and do this one last thing and take care of this one last thing. And so having one, a dedicated space to the best of your ability. I know not everybody has that option, even if it's a corner of your dining room table and you just know, okay, when I'm here, I'm working, I'm doing this thing. And then giving yourself some type of physical transitional cue for some people it's, you know, taking a sip of tea or taking a sip of water. Some people it's washing their hands. Some people it's like, I turn on this candle when I'm working, I blow it out when I'm done or the headphones. Um, Mm. And if you can clean up your computer desktop, because maybe you don't have the like the option to have your physical space super clear, but if you can clear off your desktop on your computer and have things as you know pleasing and visually clear there as possible, it will help you and support you and to not feel so scattered that you have a thousand tabs open all the time or you have a million folders and random files all scattered on your desktop. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So those are kind of my giving yourself a transition, super important. Having a dedicated space, also super important. And then having 
some piece or part that's just for you in terms of something that's clear, something that's cleaned off, something that is, you know, your visual. That's what I'm looking for. Sort of like your visual clear space, like the, the thing that will give you the yeah. most calm and clarity. Because we're more distracted, we're not making good decisions and we're not making decisions quickly and easily when we have a lot of physical distraction and clutter all around us. Yeah, it's it's so true. And and sometimes I find if I let myself get this way, I think I'm like super tired and stuff, but I'm just tired because it's like decision fatigue, it's overwhelm. Mm -hmm. And it's like you can regain so much energy just by following these tips that you're talking about. It's so and it's so powerful. <laughs> I literally today's trash day. And my fiance always laughs at me. He's like, I've never seen someone get so excited about trash day. Like, because all this stuff is leaving. <laughs> it feels so good. Like, all the compost is where it should be. All the recycling is where it should be. And then all of my cans are empty and everything is fresh to start over again. And it gets me very excited. <laughs> I love it. I feel I love it. an energetic shift. You know, my... Yeah. my this community woman I work with that works with the foster children and she works with the unhoused population and she works with um, a dog rescue organization. You know, I, I filled up a good chunk of my driveway today and her, she came and picked it all up and I'm like, Oh, it's not in my garage. It feels so amazing to have it out and where it needs to go and who it should go to. But mm -hmm. it definitely changes my, yeah. my whole uh, energy level. I'm like, okay, now I'm going to dive into all these other things because all this other, all this other physical stuff that was in my space is now gone. It, I physically feel it, but I also know that I'm, I'm very, I'm very sensitive to energy in a space. Yeah, no, I am as well. Like literally I need light. Mm -hmm. I have to have my desk facing like outward towards the window. Um, yep. It's like a whole thing. Uh -huh. um, and I think the more you're in tune with it, the better. Yep. Well, Lily, this has been amazing. Like I am, I hope that people are as motivated as I am right now. Like I'm already into this stuff, but I'm even like a whole deeper level now motivated. I'm like, okay, what can I organize? <laughs> um, what can I do? Can you let us know what you're working on, where people can connect with you? Absolutely. Um, so the name of my company is Clutter Healing. And you can find me in all the places with that handle. So my website is clutter healing and my instagram handle is clutter healing i'm not on facebook as much but i am there as well as clutter healing and the two things that i currently have available well three things actually but the two new things are uh one-on-one -on -one sessions with me to get a little more clarity about where you might be stuck maybe you see yourself kind of always bumping up against the same sort of issues where your house is a certain way and you just haven't quite been able to connect the dots. The clutter clarity sessions are about, you know, getting getting some action steps and some tools immediately during our call, but also, you know, kind of coming to an understanding of where maybe the disorganization or the habits have really um, where, where they where and when they actually began. So I like to take people kind of mm. on this journey of, you know, 
in your in your lineage like who were who was the caretaker who was the person that maybe taught you or didn't teach you about organizing about your home about what home means to you and so we really go deep into you know your history with home and what that means um and then the second thing that is about to be available to the public any day now is my conscious consuming guide and the conscious consuming guide is all about how you're shopping and what you're bringing into your house, how you're bringing it into your house. Um, there's a big values exercise in there, which I didn't know about values and why they were important until 2020. Um, I'd never done a values exercise in my life. I'm like values. What is that? I have no idea what these people are talking about. And, (laughs) um, so I got really into values and understanding what they are. And so I created a whole section in the guide that's about getting to know that and what, what that means to you and how you can sort of model your life is specifically around your consuming going forward based on your values. And there's just really beautiful, it's a really beautiful guide, I think that is something that you can come back to for years and years to come because as we shift and change in different seasons of our life, the, the things that we you know want to buy or the way that we want to live change as well. Like we won't always be in the same season of life. Yeah. And I, I guess that's another piece of advice for the mamas, the working mamas out there is, you know, it's hard when they're little. <laughs> it's right. It's really hard. I don't know, I don't know how you, I don't know how you do it. I, I, I don't either. <laughs> I, I really, I really don't. Some days I'm just like, I don't, I don't know how that all happened. I don't know how we had dinner and I went to work all day and I did a podcast and I did, and I don't know. I mean, sometimes, you know. Um, yeah. spirit is strong, <laughs> but I also think we have to be, give ourselves grace and know that, you know, yeah. if you're potty training your child, a lot of energy is going into whatever season your kiddo is in. So just know that you will have more time and space and energy for certain aspects of keeping your home organized and other times you're just not going to. And it's really important to recognize that whatever season you're in to give yourself as much grace as you possibly can. And hey, if the if <laughs> you you fed yourself and your kid, you know, two, three times a day, you're doing great. Like that's all that matters. Really. Yeah. <laughs> really, yeah. really. I, I teach people that I teach people that all the time. I'm like, it's a season. I'm like, it's a season of your life and you know, you're not gonna get this time back. Yeah. And you know, I think it's realizing and being okay with it and not beating yourself up and just that's it's perspective and having that level of consciousness that totally just we, we want to enjoy our life like and not, you know, if, if we're not careful, it's we constantly are comparing ourselves to this person who has kids that are grown or this person that has been building a business for over a decade and you're just getting started. And, you know, uh, well, this has been so great. This is, I'm so excited for all that you're bringing into the world Mm. and you guys go follow Lily on Instagram. I love, you know, she does lives occasionally. She's got the most amazing reels. It'll inspire you and connect with her tag, tag Lily, tag myself. Um, when you're, um, getting your feng shui on when you're <laughs> staging your house when you're taking anything that lily offered to us today and you're implementing it tag us so we can see all of it yes yes i can't wait i can't wait to see what you're all up to awesome thank you thank you